This is the best, 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 best practices in education and Odyssey School podcast. Let's fly away in a cloud. This podcast aims to offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to Best Practices, an Odyssey School podcast. My name is Corey Adams, and I'll be your host. Today, we're joined by Odyssey Intermediate ELA teacher Elijah Allred. Elijah grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he regularly attended summer camp in the mountains. By 2019, he received his teaching certification from Austin Community College and worked for two years at the Austin Discovery School, a small public charter specializing in eco-wellness and project-based learning. Elijah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, so... You submitted a few questions to us, and rather than start with the topic, I just want to go into those questions, dive in. So who am I and how did I get here? That was one. Do you have $300? I need it for something. (laughs) Tell me about your mother. Um, (laughs) do, Do you hear cats meowing? I keep hearing cats in the walls. What were we talking about? And want to hear a really, really good joke. Do I do. You? Oh, God. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> I don't have one. I'm so, now, and you, your voice sounded so kind and sweet, but I really, it'll take me a minute. Right. I mean, that's, that's my favorite, like, knock-knock joke in the world, right? But it's, I'm supposed to ask you this joke. Right, so, so do the be- you? The best knock-knock joke in the world is, um, do you want to hear the best knock-knock joke in the world? Yes. Uh, okay, you start. <laughs> <laughs> because they're okay. all terrible uh yeah so i i sub- <laughs> actually i do know a knock knock joke right i think do i you? do yeah it goes okay knock knock who's there olive olive who olivia oh <laughs> i remember sweet. that because my son used to tell me that joke did when he make he was it little. up uh i don't know he may have chosen it from a joke book that's well i'm glad he's reading <laughs> Me too. It's my job. Um, I it, it was really great to listen to you read off the questions that I like considered really funny as I was writing them to you in an email when I was asked to submit questions to you, and ju- and and have them just be crushingly unfunny <laughs> when you were reading them because it was not the email that I wrote. But same with my biography, of course. I uh, uh, I wrote those questions to introduce a conversation that we're going to have about uh, what I guess I coined antagonistic pedagogy, which is an idea that has been circling around in my brain for a while. But of course, I didn't like generate this idea. There have been several essays by important and smart people written on it that I've read at least part of. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can start talking about that now, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe start with a definition. So antagonistic Uh, pedagogy is... So the the idea for me arose when I started looking at, in Texas, I'm a third year teacher, so this is all new to me. And mm-hmm. I started like less than a year into when I started teaching, it became the coronavirus style education that we all know and love today. And it meant that I had to adapt to an environment where I was constantly questioning 
what is the point of this? <laughs> what, why, why, why are we continuing to do education as the world is ending? And I think the an- there is an answer. There's an absolute answer to this question. Like, Just one. But like, well, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> sort of the Mount Everest answer. It's because it's there. Uh, that's the, 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 the most pressing answer, I guess. But mm-hmm. the, the question kept arising for me in different ways because it felt like the earth was like on fire for, sure. for, you know, the second half of my first year as a teacher. And it didn't feel that much not on fire. Like before coronavirus, education is at a critical turning point where we have to decide why are we doing this? What is the point of doing this? Um, and I think a critique of the system that is a meaningful critique that doesn't feel uh, like reading starch, that doesn't feel like <laughs> like boring and depressing, mm-hmm. is only accomplished through a kind of tricksterism uh, mm-hmm. or a a kind of jokingness that's that, that that's present, especially in English language arts. So, like, I feel like I'm making twelve different points at once. So let me <laughs> let me like um, begin with the antagonistic pedagogy. It's essentially like pedagogy that makes use of humor in a critical and critiquing manner without losing the sincerity of the connection that you have between students. Mm -hmm. So like antagonist as a word comes from Greek, meaning opponent or competitor or uh, rival. And education is kind of a dialectical process uh, where you are you know, providing the the thesis and then the antithesis, and Mm -hmm. then you're creating some sort of synthesis between these ideas. and humor is taking an expectation and then refuting it. And so you're kind of like pushing those two ideas together where you're, you're creating expectations uh, with your students and then within those expectations, you're trying to question those expectations, but without creating utter chaos in your class. Sure, and what I hear in what you're saying is there's still an inherent emphasis on the quality of relationship that you're creating but the mechanism by which you're having motion in that relationship may be different than what we typically talk about. Right. And what I'm really talking about is an acknowledgement of something that is present. Oh, okay. So it's, um, it's time to go to commercial break. Uh, we're sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> Do we have to cut that? (laughs) Um, I've completely forgotten what I was talking about. I know I did too, and I was so in it. Which is great. I so I this is actually very connected to the trickster idea because you can't surprise yourself, right? (laughs) Like you just like you can't tickle yourself. Be like unless you come up with a really funny thought by accident, and then I would argue that that's just like a thought being handed down to you by an external being. Uh, but the, the <laughs> um, something showing up and suddenly surprising you is a, a lesson. It teaches you something. Sure. So like you setting your alarm randomly to surprise me in the middle of this interview <laughs> was actually a really good lesson. Um, and that's what I think a teacher has to do. They have to stand at the threshold, a boundary all the time. I mean, and, and it's a relationship that I think I came into and suddenly started seeing and then just started describing by like constructing in my head this this notion of the teacher as trickster. But like you stand at the board before your students and behind you are the grades that they want. They all want to eat the delicious A's 
in the <laughs> and you say but if you're not good you get the f's you know and mm-hmm. and you're standing at that threshold you are there the guardian of the grades to a certain degree i mean that's not your sole purpose but that relationship between you and the students that is slightly antagonistic is always there you are there to challenge them you are there to make sure that they are looking critically at they at their work that they're correcting their work and that's present a lot in english language arts because the critiques that you have for some of them are not, you didn't spell this correctly. It's, you obviously aren't thinking very hard about this, and I need you to challenge yourself to go further. So that challenger, that opposer, that that antagonist is something that the English language arts teacher inevitably has to embrace, or at least it's part of the description of who they have to be. And you So can how do you, yeah, how does the teacher do that? How do they get started? How do you do it with forethought, or do you not? Like, what do you mean with fourth? Well, you know, we're sitting in a studio. I can see improvisation as something that comes very readily to you. But for people listening, getting into a conversation about that, how do I come at my teaching role in this particular way, focused on this aspect of teaching? Um, <laughs> Tell a joke. I, <laughs> no, I'm sure. re- like I'm right. really putting pressure. How do you? This is great, and 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 like. One of the ways that I might illustrate this in like the the talk that I give gave at the beginning, I said, you know, as a do now, like as something to do at the beginning of the class, say something funny right now <laughs> would be something that I would ask a kid to do. And even the kids who pride themselves on being funny would would like put their heads down and and like just start weeping. Like like I can't <laughs> I can't do it. I've been asked to be funny and now I can't be funny. Um, it's 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 really difficult to be asked to like, okay, so now come up with an example that is universal, right? For this concept sure. that you view as universal. Well, I can't do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's hard and requires thinking and forethought, forethought right? That was the word. But I, I can say as a third year teacher, again, I'm just qualifying with like, I don't know much. And, <laughs> and I don't know much is actually something that I bring into my classroom a lot. When kids ask me how I got my job, for instance, I explain what a two-year certification from a community college is. And they're like, that's... That's not, <laughs> you're not, you're not a brilliant brain genius. You're just some guy with a two-year degree from a community college. And I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> you are teaching yourself these things and I am here to make you ask questions. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean is as a teacher, we have, we, I think professionally, we have temptations that come from like this, you know, there are two t- types of temptations here. And one of them, uh, you're still vulnerable to with this trickster ideological shift and one of them you're not as much and the one that you're not as much as taking yourself too seriously (laughs) um like i i think that trying to figure out how to laugh at how ridiculous the situation we are in right now uh is an important pre-thought that needs to happen like let go of some of the seriousness that like this notion that we have to, well, I'm going to teach them a lesson. Like, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. But the other one is you can't get too, like, like excited about your own persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and kids, when you act like a trickster, like when you're juggling balls and saying, look at me, like, let's, let's play a game where I teach you something, those kids come to start expecting entertainment from you. Mm. And that is something that I still think about a lot and not, necessarily struggle with but like am mindful of in that you don't want the the point to be a cult of personality you mm-hmm. don't want kids to be like oh mystery that's like the the guy i want to hang out with you want them to be like mystery that's some weirdo but he did teach me this one thing sure um and you're talking about it's just interesting that you choose a metaphor of like 
eating the yummy A's versus the yucky F's. Right. That really entertainment is about consumption on some level and the experience of consumption and digestion in regard to what you're learning kind of is at play here. Right. And education is not separate from entertainment. It Mm -hmm. does require more. Sure. But I do believe that you have to be an entertainment machine occasionally as a teacher. And I mean, there are lots of ways to be entertaining. Like entertainment can be fascination. It can be disgust. It can be. (laughs) It's that person standing at the front of the room. There is a certain amount of entertainment inherent in that position. Right. And like your your most entertaining teachers, of course, are not always your best ones. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my one of my most entertaining teachers was entertaining because he would come in and tell us a different just like absolutely buck wild fact about his life instead of teaching us science ever <laughs> at all. <laughs> And so okay. I, I do know that Mr. So-and-so like briefly owned a buffalo sometime between when he was like six or seven, but I, I just have no idea what the scientific method is. <laughs> like I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great segue into give us a real life example from your class. So asking impossible questions is something that everybody can do. <laughs> Welcome to like, I don't know, what is this, like 15 minutes in? Like yeah. here's here's my first real example that's like <laughs> useful to anyone. Uh, I, asking impossible questions is something that I do in my quest, uh, class occasionally. And it breaks kids into this notion of I have to think l- like in critical ways about the questions being asked. And then once they start moving that like gear in their brain sure uh, it it connects to the rest of the concepts that we're talking about so hopefully what happens is i say here's this impossible question name one thing that has nothing to do with english language arts or uh summarize your entire life in two sentences or less (laughs) or um write something down that you know is true now answer the question how do you know now answer the question how do you know that answer the question how do you know how do you know how do you know until until you've kind of like started running out of like things that you actually know or or started to question like the entirety reconstructing the entire universe out of a a slice of apple pie like Carl Sagan style Carl Sagan I don't know who that is Carl actually isn't that like a tv show Sandberg the science man who does who 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 talks like Kermit the Frog is that Carl Sagan yes see I'm Whatever. Uh, he, uh, never mind. he was a guy who was a science man who said, in order to understand an apple pie, you have to construct the entire universe. So I'm like butchering the quote. But hmm. um, the point was asking a question that a kid can't answer without thinking about the impossibility of the question. Hmm. And at this point, I have kids who, who know the game, who say, Mr. You're just trying to trick us again. And I'm like, right. And I want you to st- try and do it. And they're like, that's pointless. And I'm like, I know striving is the point and then that's the point that i'm trying to reach all the time is that even if you are certain that you're going to fail you have to continue to strive because it is in the striving that we can find joy and i think that's at this point the closest thing i can come to that's like a point to education Mm -hmm. is like it teaches you to strive uh and it teaches you to question and like occasionally you run into bumps with kids who like really really want to please you Mm -hmm. and that's part of what this strips out of what they want in the sense that you say um 
summarize your life in two sentences or less and a kid who's very diligent will say okay i've done it you know i've lived i've laughed i've loved i i ate lots of good breakfasts and you're like okay <laughs> but did you ever see a spider and then uh, this happened to me in one of my classes and the kid says well yes i saw a spider i'm like well i said your entire life so i need you to write down everything that you did in two sentences and so the kid goes right 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 and he starts writing down and i saw a spider now of course that's three sentences so f um (laughs) eat the disgusting f young man but also the point was the kid really wanted to please me as opposed to understand that what i was asking him to do was impossible and once he did he kind of got he's like oh okay (laughs) like yeah oh yes a joke i understand now. that's the trickster that's it's it's a little uncomfortable right it's a little uncomfortable, especially for a certain kind of kid. It is. And those kinds of kids need a lot of reassurance. And you can do this with those kinds of kids. But it, like even kids who are, let's say, neurodivergent, who like humor is something that isn't natural to them, there is a way to make a joke and then come back to this baseline of being like, you did a really awesome job trying to answer a question that was impossible to answer. Do you see that the point I'm making is that you have to think critically about questions and they will say yes most of the time if critically is something that's in their vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. They'll say, oh, yes, okay, I understand. So you really explicitly explain the point of an exercise in a sincere way. And you're no longer this, like, you know, gin-style sure. ghost poltergeist demon thing at the front <laughs> of the classroom. You're, you're then, like, a mentor and a guide. And that's what a trickster being is in mythology. It's a thing that, like, Prometheus is considered a trickster being to a certain degree in that he tricks the gods and steals fire and then gives it to man. And I'm not calling myself Prometheus. I mean, lighting well, the maybe. school on fire would be a terrible <laughs> idea. But <laughs> but but I am uh, I am at least calling myself a god, I think. <laughs> I really feel like we should just call it right there. Call it what? The end. Call it the end? Yeah. Can that be the title of the episode? (laughs) It could. The end. The end. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we should just end there. Do you have more you need to share? I I love listening to myself talk, so I can can go forever and ever. Um, Like, I did kind of... I mean, I wouldn't say promise, but my students also generated questions. Can we read some of the <laughs> yeah. questions? Yeah. And I could just do a lightning round so, of answering the questions. Okay. Are you made of noodles? Yes. Bread IRL? I have no idea what that mark? means. <laughs> what was your childhood like? It's really bad. Just kidding. It was Can- great. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> She's not listening. Can you teach me how to ride a bicycle? Anytime. Do you ever cry into your pillow at night? I'm more of like a cry just sort of wherever it inspires. I love, I'm very proud of my sadness. So I'll cry. I'll cry right now. (laughs) I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What brand is your wig? I hate that question. I hate it so much. It's It's so specific. uh, Okay. Why did you, why did you want this job? Uh, I like everything about it, and I like the structure of the way that you guys uh, uh, created a school, and it seems really cool and aligned with my ideology. Then this is going to be awkward. Tell me about all the crimes you committed. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why are you so silly? Are you a scamp? I've been calling kids scamps in my classroom recently, and all of like at one point, like every kid has raised their hand and been like, "Am I a scamp?" (laughs) <laughs> yes, you're, you too are a scamp. <laughs> and so whoever asked me that question, you're a scamp. Who is your favorite student in sixth grade? That's a funny question because it assumes I like any of the sixth graders. <laughs> How old is your wife? 
31? <laughs> what a weird question. <laughs> Why do you hate slime putty? Because it gets all over the desks. And I say this every single class. Like, I don't know why this needs to be a question that I answer on the radio. But I don't. It's a distraction. It's not. Let's move on. (laughs) I feel angry thinking about slime. Why do you make your students do schoolwork? I don't make them. You guys can choose not to do schoolwork. Isn't that fun? Uh, You'll fail. But you can choose not to do it. I cannot make you. This one, too, is weird for me to ask on the air, but do you want a raise? No, thank you. I'm very happy. I'm very satisfied with my... Do you River want... offered me $5 earlier. I don't know if that was considered a raise, but I'll take that. Do you want to be here? Yeah. Yeah. Be here now. Yeah. I guess. Are you qualified for this job? <laughs> no. Nobody is. <laughs> nobody is qualified for teaching. All right. Or that everyone con- is. That concludes our lightning round great thanks for joining us thanks so much for having me i'd like to continue to work here great we'd like to continue to have you thanks this has been best practices in education an odyssey school podcast it was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, north carolina at odyssey school engineered by our music director river gargarian And the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. Let's fly away in a cloud.